1: You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
0: We welcome you back. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. It's a massive weekend of college football. It's one of the best weekends of the year for all college football fans. It's back. We've got multiple days of great games. So RJ, let me start with this question for you. Should anyone be on Upset Alert?
1: Upset Alert. You know, let's call it an upset for the sake of this, even though it's a very, very, very small underdog. But Syracuse is a one-and-a-half point favorite uh, against Ohio. Uh, I am taking Ohio plus one-and-a-half. Again, very, very small, but this is exactly the kind of game i love to bet. I'd love to bet underdogs, and this is an underdog game. Ohio is 5-1 and one ATS in their last six games as a short dog, which is, you know, three or less. Uh, so being a favorite on the road. It's not really a huge advantage. Syracuse is on the road, which is very, very odd for them to be a, a, a road favorite. They're never a road favorite. Uh, and I think Ohio, if that's the question, should they ever be a road favorite? <laughs> no, they never should be. And and if you were to go and, and you know, I do like some individual power rankings, Ohio is, is about an average team, and Syracuse is a below average team. Uh, Syracuse was not favored in a single game last year, home or away, in the last two years or two and three against the spread, Uh, in non-conference games. Meanwhile, uh, the Bobcats of Ohio, 10th best team in the country, ATS, uh, 64% winning percentage. Uh, In that same time frame, uh, Syracuse is way, way below. They're just around 500. Uh, And then you add into the fact that Ohio, since like 2015, 2016, is one of the better teams, top 10, in non-conference coverage uh, of games. So I'm a big fan of Ohio in this one. I love the Bobcats to cover the one and a half points uh, against Syracuse, which had, you know, the 117th ranked scoring offense uh, last year. They just can't move the ball.
0: It's also a BetQL five-star bet, so <laughs> BetQL very much on the same page as RJ is. RJ, let me ask you one question about this game though. Frank Solich no longer there. Can this be the type of I love the emotional angle here? Can they play still for Frank Solich, or is this you know is is there an element here that I can get some extra points with the built-in emotional factor? Man, that's a great
1: question. Uh, those are one of those things that you, like, I usually try to leave emotion out of my betting as much as I can. I know it's a weird as thing you to should. say. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I Look, I never bet on my team. I never bet on the University of Tennessee, ever. I'm too emotionally invested in it. I completely stay away. Uh, I also stay away from betting on teams I hate, like, have just real rage for. Um, So I try to stay away from any kind of emotion. Uh, So I'm going to do that with this case with with Frank Solich in in Ohio.
0: Well, that's going to lead me into my upset alert. RJ, I don't know how you feel about them dogs from Athens, but I got to tell you, man, the more and more I look at this game, the more and more not only do I like getting the three points, I don't even think I'm going to take the three. I think I'm going to take Georgia straight up. And here's what I'm thinking, and and I'd I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I've been working on this theory with Clemson. Clemson has obviously elevated itself to be one of the top programs in in all of college football. But if you look at how they rose, there's always been a little bit of a talent gap between Clemson and the biggest of the big boys, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, and they made up for it by having exceptional first round caliber quarterbacks. Obviously, we saw the career that Sean Watson had, and then you turn right over and you see the career that Trevor Lawrence had. Well, to me, the big difference now, Jake Coker's not starting for Alabama. Alabama is now most likely gonna have their third consecutive first rounder at quarterback. JT Daniels has had a bit of an up and down career, but he has first round talent. And to me, when you look at the talent across the board, Georgia is still clearly the more talented team than Clemson. And really, when I go back and I look at Clemson's last three games against the big boys, dating back to the Fiesta Bowl when they took on Ohio State, if we're being, you know, someone who watched every snap of that game, like Ohio State kept, you know, kept themselves from winning that game. But Mm -hmm. then let's turn to the next national championship game. They play LSU. It's a route. And then we look at what happened last year when they took on Ohio State. It was just an absolute route. I think now that we're starting to see the other big boys not just try to play like classic boa constrictor smash mouth. We're going to win it with defense. We're going to run the ball down your throat. Now that we're seeing these teams, you know, Alabama's willing to get into the 50s. They don't mind getting into the 60s and a team like Georgia. I know that's been one of the knocks on them. But when you started to watch what they did offensively, when JT Daniels finally entered the lineup, they were willing to go vertical. And you can tell they've got the guys on the outside. So, to me, this is one of those ones where maybe I'm talking myself into it, but I love, love the dogs this weekend. Listen,
1: I, uh, George is one of those teams I just can't bet on ever because I, I have a lot of uh, dislike for them. I, I don't think this is crazy, though. I mean, they're, they're a good team. Uh, the, the one issue is, like, you know, Clemson just turns out players no matter what. Yes. Every single, t- every single year, every single uh, you know, three-year, every single recruiting class, they are turning out five-star guys. They're not settling for three-stars. In fact, I bet you they probably have more five-stars than three-stars on that roster at some points. It's a joke. They don't, clearly. But, I mean, it just seems like this team is loaded up. George is almost in that category. George is that good. Kirby's got it rolling. But Kirby's got pressure on him, too, I think. Uh, Kirby is, you know, he's, he's made it to a natty, but – I mean, he hasn't broken through yet and it's been 40 years it's been 40, well, 41 years down there that they haven't won uh, i don't think it's nuts at all to have georgia winning this game I, I don't think there's a great quarterback advantage uh in either spot uh you know like lat you know anytime you took on trevor lawrence you were going to be at a quarterback disadvantage you know and the only ones that weren't were ohio state and alabama and that shocker they also had first round guys yeah so there's really no quarterback disadvantage for Georgia in this one, uh, even though, they, you know, Clemson, like I said, they're loaded up with five-star guys. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't think it's nuts at all.
0: So one of my favorite resources to use, RJ, something that you, you kind of were mentioning there, I love the 24-7 sports team talent ranking. Now, this is not the recruiting rankings. What this is is this takes a look at the total roster. And are you ready for this? Georgia, 85 players on their roster, 19 five stars yeah to my knowledge that is a record number of five stars uh for one roster 47 four stars so you know if you're doing the quick math 66 66 of the 85 are either five or yeah. four stars now let's take a look at clemson you're 100 right. percent real quick real yeah. quick on that
1: uh i saw the stat last year it's like if you have the only team like if you the only teams that have like made the final four or I'm sorry, the final, the, the, the national the playoff game had, yeah, had like 60% or more yeah. uh, four, four and five star, where 60% of the roster made it up. And when you're upwards in the 80s, I mean, you, 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 better, you better make it. You better be locked in.
0: Yeah, Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports has what he calls the blue chip ratio. And mm-hmm. it sometimes drives people insane because oftentimes his premise is, unless you reach this blue chip ratio, you cannot win a national title. And every yeah. fan base likes to think, well, if they try hard enough, they get the right coach, that they indeed can win a national title. It's not necessarily the case. I think the thing though, before you know, a lot of Clemson fans want to get in my mentions, because that is a salty group if you ever decide mm-hmm. to uh, maybe nitpick with them a little bit. To me, this is the key difference. They've got five stars. They've got 10 five stars right now on their roster, 41 four stars but the biggest difference when you look at it, it's 33 stars and they fill in a lot of the guys on the offensive line. It's a lot of guys that you'll see that actually pay, play like 41, they have 41 starts in college, but then they don't even get drafted. And to me, that's kind of what we've been seeing has been the difference the last couple of years. Now that we're seeing the other big boys, now that they've adopted that you've got to play modern offense. To me, like, I just think, the wrong team's favorite here, and if you're going to give me a plus 130 on a team that I already believe is probably better, I think I'm going to do it. But there's no question. You definitely touch on something. It's year seven for Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there a point in which, you know, he's allowed to mature and become a better coach? Or do you think we're at the point where we've got enough of a sample size that says he's th- he knows how to run the program, but maybe he can't get it done on Saturdays. Look, man, it, uh, I'll trade
1: places. I'll trade coaches with them tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you you want to fire Kirby Smart, you guys go right ahead. If you want to be that, you know that, is? that is something that the Texas Longhorns would do. The whiny oranges, we call them down here. That is something that they would do. They would fire a coach for being in the top four every year and not winning. They wanted to run Mac out of here before Vince Young won a title. They wanted to run Mac out of here the year after Vince Young won a title. You know, college football fans, I remember the good old days when you would go like nine and three every year and your coach was a had a statue made. Yeah, he'd get an extension, he'd get yes. Yeah. Now you go nine and three, and you know, they're gonna write articles on Oh, he's on the hot seat. It's a three out of five hot seat meter for this guy. And it's just like, come on, what are we doing? Have we gotten that crazy? If Kirby Smart is on the hot seat, I should have been fired 11 years ago
0: if Kirby Smart's on the hot seat. Now, hot seat talk is some of my favorite talk, and this is going to lead us into another game, and I actually want to get into this because there's no way in hell James Franklin should be on the hot seat. But I want to ask you this, RJ, it's a really, really interesting game. They go to Madison. They're taking on Penn or they're taking on Wisconsin. The line's about five and a half. This feels like the type of game that if Penn State wins it, all of a sudden we might be talking about them entering into maybe this picture. I don't know if they can challenge Ohio State, but I think that becomes the next question. It's also a weird game to me in that if they lose it, It does feel as if maybe underneath the surface it's boiling at Penn State where they obviously are not going to fire him. Mm -hmm. But I almost start to wonder, is James Franklin and Penn State, are they starting to get a little tired of each other? What do you think about this matchup?
1: You know, look, I I think that you're absolutely right. This could be one of those exact games where um, it catapults them uh, to, you know, all of a sudden, here's Penn State, top 10 team now. And now we get a little bit of the – the juice is flowing and you got to look down their schedule okay well which team do they play this year do they play ohio state this year? They, you know who who are the, who do they have on their schedule uh, this season or when is when is the ohio state game i should say uh so yeah i totally agree uh that this is the type of game that penn state if they were to win this one because they are close they're a big they're a big brand and they are going to get the media attention and the media love um again same thing with james franklin and penn state like you know this was a program that you know at the end of Joe Pa and, and the Sandusky scandal, I, I thought Penn State was dead for go- dead and dead and gone. We were never gonna hear from them again. We'll hear from them in 20 years. Uh, they'll be like SMU. Well, Billy O'Brien actually did something well and then James Franklin comes in and you know they were they were a team that was going to be in the top five. I you know it may not be the best fit. Those two together, they may not be a fit. But if they're tired of each other, what are they tired of? I mean, they're tired. You, you know, Penn State, do they need to keep their expectations where they were in the 80s? Or do they need
0: to manage those expectations? No, I think James Franklin's biggest mistake that he made was winning the Big Ten and getting them, you know, within one game of yeah. the playoffs. So it's, you know, they've clearly become uh, one of the, you know, they're not quite in that elite ta- category for college football teams. But they're clearly right there. And sometimes – That's like a bad spot to be in because, you know, you are so close that you can touch it, but you're not getting to reach out. For those that are curious right now, there's a 16% pro betting advantage on Wisconsin at home, minus five and a half. Public is leaning to Penn State 54, 46. I know this is probably a bad segment in terms of not making a pick, but RJ, this feels like the type of number that either side kind of feels like to me, like this is the perfect college football line in that you can convince me either side is either side is the right side of this one. But man, I just can't quite, I can't quite figure it out. I almost think it feels to me if Penn state's going to, I don't, I think I would rather just take the money line because Penn state feels like they're either going to win this game or Wisconsin's going to win by a couple of scores and cover. like, to me, I think that's kind of where I, I level out on this one.
1: Yeah, you know, I struggle with some of these early season money line bets. Just because sure. I, I, sometimes they are just so, uh, you know, like for example, you know, if you know, it was Wisconsin, like minus one, one is it one thirty five, one forty? Is that what it is on the money line? Um, uh, I would probably, I would probably take Penn State in the points if I were going to bet this game. Uh, I don't really have a great feel in terms. I'm not, I'm not going to bet the game. I would probably take Penn State in the five and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, there is, you, you are spot on in week one because we don't really have enough data to know whether or not there actually is real value in the money line. It just feels to me like when I, when I size this game up, it feels as if either Penn State wins this outright or Wisconsin is just able to kind of you know, suffocate them, run the ball right down their throat and keep this thing rolling. Like that's that's just kind of where I'm looking at it. Right now the Wisconsin money line minus 225. So if you want to check that out as well. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. This is BetQLU.
1: You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
0: Welcome back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. RJ, you've got a cool concept that I want you to let the people know about. It's a head fake game. So let's start with the first question. What is a head fake game? Well, quite simple. A head
1: fake game is you are faking out the sports book. Uh, Now, you have to be this big, giant betting syndicate in order to be able to do this. In a related story, I am not a giant betting syndicate. Um, And for the record, even if I were, I wouldn't tell y'all. Right. But for the case of this, the sake of this, I am a giant betting syndicate. So I like a game. Let's just take the one that I'm going to use this week. I like BYU minus 12 and a half against Arizona. But, and I like the number. I like the number, too. But I want the number to be better in my favor. So I know that every time I place a bet, the casino's watching. And other casinos are watching. So I place a small wager. Let's just use let's just use $1,000 on this one, which, okay. by the way, is, is not a small wager. Uh, I don't even bet that high. But let's just say I bet $1,000 on Arizona plus a 12.5. I know that the casinos are going to pay attention to that they're going to move the line in my favor. So, if you bet Arizona plus 12 and a half, they might move it to 12. They might move it to 11 and a half, they might move it to 11. And that means I just bought an extra point point and a half on the team I really want to bet on. And then what I do is after those lines move, I come in over the top and I bet a big number. Say $10,000 on BYU to cover now an 11 point game. So, I give up the thousand, which I'm comfortable doing. and in order to do that, in order to win an extra ten grand or so, and
0: there's your head fake. I really do enjoy this concept because there had been rumors that perhaps this exact situation was going to happen with the Alabama Miami game. I'd been hearing I'd been hearing that perhaps someone maybe put like a two thousand dollars wager on Miami earlier to get that number closer to 17 and then there was whispers that you know this could be like a $50,000 bet on Alabama right now we haven't really seen that the number's been steadily going up it's creeping up to 20 I believe it's 19 and a half right now do you have any feel on that number because when I look at it I think to myself hey man it's still under it's under 21 like football does have numbers that you know, have to stay relatively consistent. We don't usually yeah. see a ton of, you know, 12-point games. They obviously can't happen. But what do you think about that number specifically? I like it. I like it for Bama. I, I think
1: Bama should be about 24 points favored in this. I, I think that you know, any anything that I'm going to get under 19, 20, uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to bet on. Uh, so I did bet this game and I did take uh, I did take Alabama. Uh, well, I got it at like 18 when I when I did it. Uh, it's, so it's still going up though. And I'm still comfortable. Like If I was betting now and I hadn't placed a bet, I would still lay the money uh, on Bama. I think it's at 19 and a half uh, most places. So I think it's a good number uh, for, for if you're an Alabama fan. I, I think it's a great number. I think Vegas has completely missed the mark on this.
0: Yeah, and to me, like, there is an element of when we talked about the, at the beginning of the show with trends and, and thinking about things. Nick Saban's 6-0 and in week one when he's playing another ranked opponent. 6-0 against the spread. I mean, we're talking yeah. about his entire career at Alabama. I believe he's 11-2 and two against the spread, and that includes, you know, a 6-6 six and six team in there as well as a, a few that were very disappointing. To me, what this really boils down to is, man, I, I think De'Eric King is as electric and fun to watch as the next guy that watches college football. But RJ, I kept asking myself, am I the only person that saw him tear his ACL nine months ago? Are, are we sure this guy's just going to be you know, good to go. And then on top of that, the way you beat Alabama or the way that you keep it close with Alabama is you got to stretch the field vertically. And when you look at Miami with Derek King and they've been at their best, that's not what their offense is. Their offense is getting him going running. And this is the type of Alabama defense that I think could be more of a return to what we typically think of as an Alabama defense. They're gonna be super long. They're gonna be super athletic. They're big up front. To me, this just screams, man. If that number's anything, anything that starts with a one, I'm gonna take it and run. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, you
1: know, Bama's got. I know they're breaking in a new quarterback. Whoop, de do. He's probably some five-star kid that's gonna be a
0: first-round pick in two years. Uh, you are correct. He is indeed. Yeah. Uh, I believe at the time he was the highest-rated prospect in 24/7 Sports history. Yeah. So I mean, what, what am I worried about? I mean,
1: they're they're still loaded up. I just got. I just gave Nick Saban eight months to prepare for a team. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to roll with it and you know, who's it? Manny Is it Manny down there in, uh, in
0: Miami? Manny has, and then his, the other aspect of this that I don't know how many, you know, casual fans know, but the offensive coordinator is Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley was Gus Malzahn's right-hand man. And yes, Gus has occasionally gotten Nick, but if you look at every single time that he got Nick, it was, they were able to run the football. If you look at Miami last year in their big games, they did not run the football very well at all. I mean, against Clemson. They basically just straight up didn't even try to run the football. Right. And I would imagine they're going to take a look across the line at Alabama. and It'll be the same way. And when that offense is not running it with play action shots, it can get ugly. And I think there's a better chance of that happening than, you know, Miami hit some big plays and keeping this thing sweaty. I've seen, I, you know, I've seen enough of Nick Saban to
1: know that, you know, he, he this guy does. I mean, he plays in big games. And he shows up, and his teams show up. And I know it's early, but we, you know, in terms of you know, in, in Bryce Young's career, it doesn't matter. The dude's a stud. He's a superstar. Uh, and, and you know, King as as good as as electric as he might be, you are right. Nine months ago, he did tear an ACL. Uh, and and I will buy into Miami after I have to buy it i am gonna I'm gonna hold off on that.
0: Yeah. My my two thoughts on Alabama are number one, you don't go you don't get rich betting against them. And no. then number two, just because you don't know their talent, that doesn't mean that, that it's not talent. It's just because no. they were sitting behind another five star or a, another NFL first rounder, second rounder, top one hundred pick, and they've just hit the point where, you know, it's no longer rebuilding, it's reloading. They've got five first round draft picks in next year's draft on their team.
1: Yeah. And you've probably heard of one of them yeah. like, at this point. And
0: then by I mean, the end of the year, Bryce be Young has insane. not taken a snap and he no. already had a million dollar endorsement. He already had a yeah. million dollars worth of endorsement. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be like, Oh look, they got another Calvin Ridley on this team. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's Julio Jones. Um,
1: yeah. and, and you, and you'll just find that out by October. Every. All single right. I know you
0: said different. you like to be a, a volume better. I myself am. Let's take a look at our cards this week. I've got, By my count, 17 plays. So, RJ, I'll let you start.
1: All right. Uh, Like I said, I'm a volume better. I'm also an under uh, better. And I like to bet a lot of dogs. I got some favorites this week, though. Uh, So, I'll just run down the list of the guys uh, of the games that I've got right now. I've got UNC, Virginia Tech, uh, the under 64. We're on the same thing. You got that, too? Yep. Oh, nice. Love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, Michigan State, Northwestern. I also like the under in that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two for two, man. Yeah. I liking this.
0: It's, it's Michigan State, Northwestern, and Evanston. Like, this game's going to get disgusting. Neither one of yes. these teams want to score. No, they don't. They don't. Um,
1: it, it, neither one scores. Neither one can score. Uh, so So give me the under 46, Michigan State, Northwestern. Uh, in the, I, I got under in Oregon-Fresno State, which I normally would not do an under in an Oregon game. Man, they're just not Oregon anymore. And it's a look-ahead spot. They got Ohio State next week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So give me the under in that one. Uh, I, I am going to take the under 61-and-a-half in Alabama-Miami. I might hate myself, but I'm going to take the under in that one, too. All
0: right, quickly, uh, let me give you – let me, let me give you some of the other ones, because it sounds like we're in a, a, a lot of the same things. Uh, I just want to be stated for the record, Alabama, minus 10 first half and minus 19. I, I'm taking them both ways. I, I I love them. I like LSU, minus two and a half. I think that I think everyone wants UCLA to be in this spot. And to me, another big one that I assume everyone out there is with is I'm told you I'm taking Georgia plus 130. I've got it on my card. Oh, I like it. I like the guts, too.
1: You're taking some guts. I mean, it, 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 it go takes big or go bet. home. Yeah, it takes it takes guts to bet against Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State, especially a money line. You know, forget the spread. I mean, you want to take a money line bet against those teams? I mean, those teams have won 95% of their games over the last, like, three
0: years. That takes a lot of guts. I mean, they basically lose one game every other year. I yeah, mean, to, to each other. In the other. regular season. And it's just so. to each other. Yes. Uh, any other unders out there that look tasty to you?
1: Uh, let's see. Another under that I have. Uh, yes. Um, I, I, do like, like I said, I had like Ohio over Syracuse, uh, Navy plus two and a half. Uh, that's another one that I like. I like Navy, uh, uh getting the two and a half. And of course, uh, the game I really like this week is BYU minus 12 and a half, uh, against Arizona. Love that game. It's a neutral site game in Vegas. I know Navy, I know BYU is breaking in a new quarterback, uh, but they had the fourth ranked scoring defense last year while Arizona was 118th. Uh, out of 130 in scoring offense, and they have a quarterback controversy because they don't have a quarterback. So, give me BYU minus 12 and a half.
0: All right, can I interest you in a wildfire game under? Yeah. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you've seen out in Berkeley, it's gonna be wildfires again. That total is at 52 and a half. We've got Nevada coming to town, and I know Casey Strong, everyone is is high on him from a pro potential, but that's gonna be some heavy air. There's gonna be a lot of breathing. That game yeah. reeks under 52 and a half to me.
1: Yeah, it does. I I can't believe they're going to play it. I mean, with bad air quality, it, it's it's really really stunning they're going to play that game. I mean, Those kids could really like like truthfully, I'll joke it aside, they could be at some serious risk. Oh yeah. Risk. And, you know, it's a gorgeous I I've, I've, I've been to a game at Cal. It's it, 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 or Cal. I've been to a Cal game, I've been to a game in in, in Reno. I, I absolutely love going to those games. I love the setting, the scene. Uh we're talking about
0: bad air quality high altitude. I think it's something you want to do. Uh, A couple quick other ones that I like Lane Kiffin's going to have the national stage all to himself on Monday night. I've only got to lay nine and a half. I think that he's going to. I know almost his defense is terrible, but Kiffin literally being the only game like to me that's screams puts on a show. Uh, I really enjoy that one. I'm actually taking Texas eight and a half. I'm going to lay the eight and a half. I think this is another uh, trendy underdogs to me always have fleas. And to me, Lafayette just feels like one of those trendy dogs. All
1: right. First start for uh, old uh, old Hudson there.
0: First start for old Hudson Card. Hopefully Steve Sarkeesian uh, is going to try to make those bigwigs over in Austin super happy. We're here each and every Friday at 11 Eastern. Also, when you're waking up on Saturday morning, he will have the early program. I'll have the afternoon program as well.